0: Good day, Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, My name is Anda. I'll take you through some of our thoughts on Pfizer as well as Johnson & Johnson following their first quarter results for 2022. Just looking at our agenda for the day, I'll look at the executive summary and then we'll move to events as well as impact. We'll then look at the pipeline trajectory which informs our evaluations. Uh, Lastly, we'll look at the peer comparison. Starting off with the executive summary, we were encouraged by the recovery that we saw uh, in the first quarter results. As we're coming off the COVID highs, um, we can see that across all divisions we've seen um, recoveries. Um, We'll speak more to this um, as we look at the individual companies. We're also encouraged by the corporate activity that's happening for Pfizer. For instance, um, they have around two acquisitions at the moment. One being ResApp and the other one being Biohaven. Johnson & Johnson is also a working on an MA, and uh, So they are going to list their consumer business separately. Um, for now, we don't know when that will happen. Um, so in our focus, we've still included um, the consumer division. The key risk in the sector still remain um, the loss of exclusivity, as that brings in the biosimilised competition, which then lowers the pricing in the sector. Uh, as far as the price reforms, we now see this as a medium-term risk, as uh, we're expecting it to only come into full effect in 2025. In terms of our sector preferences, um, so we are bullish on Pfizer and we have a hold on Johnson & Johnson. So we prefer Pfizer to Johnson & Johnson because of their success story in COVID-19, and that is through their vaccines. And what we will learn is that now, um, through the acquisition of App, they're also gonna be in the diagnostic space. We are encouraged by the growth of the key uh, drugs within Pfizer. On Johnson & Johnson, we have a whole recommendation on the counter, and this is because of um, LOEs, uh, which I'll speak to shortly. Um, medical devices is also expected to have a weak um, second quarter. Post that, uh, we're expecting to see recoveries, so that's some positive um, also, we think that we're going to see value in Johnson & Johnson as they sell off or as they unbundle their consumer division. Um, similar story that we saw in Pfizer when they sold their division to uh, Viatris. Now, starting off with uh, Johnson & Johnson, if you look at their results, um, that were released in April. Um, so they had a strong set of results. Uh, with revenue up 5%. Um, Stelera and Desalex compa- uh, continued to perform well. Uh, however, Bovica didn't do well worldwide. It was down around 8% um, during the quarter. Overall, the EPS was up 3%. Uh, the company maintained their full-year results, but caution that um, this doesn't include the COVID numbers. So. Um, On a like-for-like basis, um, we might see a decline compared to 2021 results since those included the COVID vaccine. In terms of how the market reacted to this, uh, they had a muted reaction. The company, the share price closed up uh, 0.4%, while the benchmark was up 2%. Um, Since the last time we looked at the company, um, they have outperformed the, the benchmark. Um, it's been up 8.5%, while the benchmark has been up only 2%. In terms of the earnings, um, the expectation has been positive as we're seeing an upward trend, and this is on the back of uh, the market expecting recovery in medical devices as well as pharmaceuticals. Now, moving on to the pipeline, which then informs our EBITDA and EPS growth numbers, uh, we can see that uh, we're expecting sales to grow at um, single digits. So sales growth for this year is expected to be around 3%, with EBITDA growing um, ahead of sales. So it's expected to grow at around 9%, while EPS is expected to grow at around 5%. Overall, in terms of valuation, we value the company at around 178 USD, which then gives us a potential downside of around 3%. In terms of our scenarios, um, so we've used the five year uh, historical multiple, EV EBITDA multiple for the base case scenario. We then uh, applied a 13 times multiple for our bare case scenario. Um, This reflects a pre COVID uh, multiple. So it's waiting for 2020 as well as 2019, as the vaccine only came into effect in 2021. And then for the bull case scenario, the key drivers there is medical devices recovery, um, strong growth in Stellara and Desalex. Uh, Post 2023, uh, we're expecting um, Stellara to face LOEs. Now moving on to Pfizer, the company also released their quarterly results um, earlier this month. Uh, the sales uh, were up 76% and this was on the back of the vaccines. Um, if we take the vaccines out, their core sales were up 2% uh, during this period. Um, the adjusted uh, EPS increased by around 8, 80% um, and the company also declared a dividend because. Um, Quarter, uh, which was up 2.6% year on year. In terms of the full year guidance, uh, they've maintained that. Um, so the expectation is that they will be shifting the um, uh, the different some contracts to the second half of the year, but net for net, um, the volumes in terms of the vaccines are expected to remain the same as they initially guided. Uh, in terms of how the market reacted to this, so they had a muted reaction to the results. Um, the share price closed only up uh, 2% on the day. Uh, in terms of how the company has performed since our last report, uh, it's outperformed. the Benchmark has been up 41 one percent, with the benchmark only up 0.3%. Uh, on an earnings basis, um, they, we have um, upward trend for 2022 20, full-year results, and this is on the back of um, the vaccines as well as the core portfolios. Um, for instance, we have key drugs um, that are selling in oncology, that is IBRANS, um, ALIQUIS, a that is in uh, internal medicine. So, expecting that to continue to do well. When we move on to the next slide, here we're showing again um, the sales growth for the company. Um, so, at the group level, we're expecting sales to grow at around 30%. Um, if we take out um, the vaccines but still live in the antiviral drug, we're expecting sales to grow at around 70%. And then, of this, uh, EPDA is expected to grow at around 68%, with EPS growing at around 62%. Now, in terms of our valuations, uh, the first thing to note here is we have actually not used the EBITDA that, we're seeing, uh, the, that we are saw in the previous slide. And this is because we wanted to capture the normalized EBITDA. So the EBITDA that we've applied here is rather a 29 billion, which is where we think the company will be at post the COVID highs. Uh, in terms of the multiple, again, we've applied a five-year average for base case scenario. For the back case scenario, we're assuming that we're going to have lower vaccine sales. But for the bull case scenario, we're expecting to see at least 40% of sales that we saw in 2021 realized uh, this year. So it is a conservative valuation. Um, but we still have a potential upside of uh, 19% to our intrinsic value of 59. Now, in terms of uh, the peer comparison, here we're just showing fundamentals of the key companies that we cover in global pharma. Um, So it's clear that Pfizer um, is very strong in terms of its fundamentals. Uh, Even if we look at your returns, which I had not spoken to in the previous slides, you can see that um, they have decent returns. They have also continued to invest in their R&D. So, uh, we are bullish on Pfizer, while we um, have a hold on um, Johnson & Johnson pending the dispensary of their consumer division. Before we close off, we'd like to draw your attention to the following personnel, should you wish to place a trade with us. Also, please take note of the following disclaimer. (laughs)